Hello and welcome to Queer Media Pills, the podcast bringing queer media to your ears one short pill at a time. My name is Mars, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm your host. And today I want to talk about the expression, do you listen to Girly Red? Which has been more and more popular lately on social media, especially by youths, which um, I'm not a youth anymore, but I like to keep up with the kids. Insert here that Steve Buscemi gif. How do you do, fellow kids? Girly Red is an indie singer from Norway. She's mostly known for her single I Wanna Be Your Girlfriend, in which she sings about her best friend and how she doesn't want to be her best friend anymore and she wants to be her girlfriend indeed and the song came out in 2018 and since girl in red has become quite famous and such a lot of youths have started using her as a way to signal the fact that they are girls attracted to girls so if someone asks you do you listen to girl in red they're asking are you a girl attracted to girls and other parts of the lgbtq plus community have also developed their own similar expressions from the to ask each other if they're part of it so um if I want to ask you if you're bi, I'm gonna ask you if you listen to Sweater Weather by the Neighborhood, and if I ask you do you listen to Mother Mother, I'm asking you if you're non-binary. And of course then there's the whole matter of Cape Town, do you listen to Cape Town, are you a lemon boy, which is usually a staple of the transmasculine communities, so trans men, but also masculine, non-binary people, some of them. Uh, of course identity is way more complex than that, and these are just... Uh, some silly little expressions but some do see this as very problematic and I, I see where they come from like and i'm not sure i need to specify it but just because someone listens to certain music doesn't automatically label them sexually and vice versa just because uh, someone doesn't like a certain type of music doesn't mean they're less queer but i don't think this is about girly red or about the music at all i i do I listen to Sweater Weather and Mother Mother and Cave Town? Sure. I also listen to Girly Red, what of it? By the way, my favorite song is not I Wanna Be Your Girlfriend. It is, in fact, Summer Depression. Make of that what you want. But yeah, um, Girly Red herself has actually said that she doesn't really appreciate her music being labeled as queer and being associated with the Safi community, even though she is because she believes that her music can and should be enjoyed by everyone and this is such a weird stance for me like of course if that's how she feels about her art that's absolutely fair but no one asks of straight music they'd be universal of course as queer people we have learned to relate to straight media because that's the overwhelming majority of everything that surrounds us but that doesn't mean that anyone will deny that it's uh, heterosexual. Do you get what I mean? Like, to say, oh, this isn't queer music, this is just music, means to take away from it a lot, in my perspective, and uh, I'm not gonna say anyone how they have to feel, of course. But it has happened that, like, people on TikTok were complaining about why straight people were using Girl Red's music in their TikToks about their relationship. And these young people on TikTok felt fairly protective of their music, which didn't sit very right with the artist, because she was like, well, I want everyone to enjoy this music and I want everyone to be able to relate to it. But the reason queer people feel so protective over, say, Girl in Red or other signifiers isn't because of some weird gatekeeping, 
it's because we're so starved of representation. Like, this is really not about Gurney Red and her music. Historically, the queer community has always found ways to, like, subtly signal to each other our presence in ways that, like, aren't necessarily clear to the general audience. And I'm thinking about reincarnations, uh, the way Oscar Wilde started uh, wearing reincarnations in his pocket thingy and then all his friend circle started wearing green carnation and then everyone knew oh if you're wearing a green carnation you're one of Oscar Wilde's friends which then became more of an umbrella to be like oh you're gay and this was to the point that a friend of Oscar Wilde wrote a novel titled The Green Carnation and that was meant to be a parody of Oscar Wilde and his friends and all those queer mannerisms of the aesthetic movement but of course it's just a flower like doesn't mean anything but it's also a social symbol that has the meaning that we give to it similarly in the 1970s uh, the gay bdsm scene developed codes of handkerchiefs i never know how to pronounce that word handkerchiefs 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 yeah no but that uh the little fabric tissue i don't know and they would wear different colored ones in different pockets like a pink a green a yellow one in the right right or left uh, front or back pocket to publicly signal what they were interested in in a subtle way because of course they couldn't just hook up in the light of day and uh, you know hold hands and such no not all gay or bi men were wearing a handkerchief in their pocket. It's a specific cultural element of one community of gay men that was doing this. But it doesn't mean it means nothing and it doesn't mean it's problematic because, of course, then if in an area where a lot of people were doing this, a random person just chose to wear a handkerchief in their pocket, that would have been awkward. And it's so much more complex than just like, oh, everyone can do whatever they want yes everyone can do whatever they want and of course everyone can enjoy a specific kind of music but when something has a cultural value beyond the music itself beyond what it is as a media interacting with it mindfully has sense and this also makes me think of like recently on tiktok a lot of people also started making like videos of their straight relationship uh, like showing how much they love their partner which is super sweet so you guys do you but they started doing it to um take me to church by hosier and taking to church by hosier is also a song that is explicitly written about the catholic persecution of gay people so there definitely is a line there and it makes sense that people are protective and it makes sense that they as a queer person who loves Ozier and who has uh, been raised in a very Catholic environment and has experienced that kind of oppression, it feels a bit weird to me that straight people use that song. Not because they're not allowed to love it, and not and not because they're not allowed to love their partner, and not because they're not allowed to anything. They're allowed to do all those things. It just feels a bit weird and it makes me uncomfortable, you know? It just feels a bit weird. It just feels a bit weird and uh, unaware. And it's similarly for Gary Red. When Gary Red is singing about uh, someone being so pretty and being like, oh, I'm not talking about boys, I'm talking about girls, that doesn't mean just, oh, she likes 
girls and not boys that that has also to do with the social expectation of liking boys and not girls and and of course straight people making it about their relationship is gonna be a bit tone deaf whether girl in red is okay with it or not and this is just if we look and like analyze the actual music and lyrics but as i said before i really don't think it's about the music and the lyrics and the musician at all and i understand that girl in red is being literally mentioned in all these things so she would feel defensive and attacked personally or feel the need to say something on the topic but it's really not about her at all like it doesn't actually matter if you do listen to girl in red but do you listen to girl in red do you know what i mean and the lgbtq plus community has relied on this subtle coding for survival until not long ago this was a very necessary practice for being able to like say date and live your life safely to some degree liking a specific queer media very much can be a sign of being queer, not because all people who like it are queer, but because representation is important. That's the whole point of this podcast. Representation is so important. People will flock to media they feel seen and represented by. And that's all I want to do here on this podcast is discuss media we love or hate or hate to love or love to hate. Uh, Did that make any sense? No? Well, I'm living either way, but yeah, um, for me, for example, talking about in middle school or in first years of high school, talking about how much I loved Lady Gaga and then about Glee, wasn't just about me liking Lady Gaga or Glee, was it? Because that was media that was recognized as queer and gauging people's reactions to that told me whether it was safe or not for me to come out in that environment and tell them I was bisexual myself, much like Lady Gaga. And while I'm very happy, I really am, that there is a new generation that maybe doesn't feel this need anymore and maybe finds coding by taste problematic. And that's that's great that you can do that, but I really think it's something beyond stereotyping, like this isn't about stereotyping, this is about being part of a community and knowing things that most people outside of a community maybe don't really know as a way to find each other. And if you can live out and proud all the time, of course, that's not gonna apply to you, that's not gonna be your case, you're not gonna understand and feel the need for this mechanism. But that doesn't mean it's not important, you know? No one cares if you actually do listen to real-life musician Curly Red. It's just like when people used to say, like, uh, in the time gone by, like, I think in the 50s uh, um, or 60s, or I don't know, I don't know history, but people used to say, are you a friend of Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz? To ask people if they were gay, or it ended up being also used as an insult or they're a friend of Dorothy, just not to say gay out loud. And that's what's happening there, it's a cultural code, and I feel like I'm getting so riled up about this, and I'm very sorry, I just really like these kind of phenomena, and I don't like when people say that their art isn't queer art, it's just art that happens to be queer, because like, that's one way to, but that's a way to go towards assimilation, towards like, oh, we're all the same, it doesn't matter whether we're queer, and to me it really matters that I'm queer. 
I don't think we should just try to all be the same. I am different. My experience is different. And I don't want people to think it's not. I am happy being different and uh, I'm very happy if what I put out in the world is also appreciated by cis straight people. But for once, it's not for them, it's not about them. For once, they're the ones who have to do the job of relating to a relationship or to an identity that isn't the same as theirs. And I, like many other people, grew up not seeing ourselves represented at all. And now we're supposed to make art that's for others? No, I don't think that's fair and I don't think that's right and I don't think that's what I want to do. And a lot of people I've seen around criticize Girl in Red's approach to this. Honestly, I'm not one to judge. Well, that's a lie, I really am one to judge. But you know what? I have no power over what Girl in Red thinks and does. And that's fair enough, but I do think these expressions are an important manifestation of a cultural tradition of the LGBT community. And I hope we find a different musician to signal the Safi community, just because she clearly doesn't want to be it. So why should we give her clout like that, you know? But yeah, um, what do you think of all that? I've uh, spouted a lot of opinions today, I feel. Let me know your opinions on my Twitter or Instagram at Queer Media Pills. And I'll be back next week, Friday, 4 p.m. So see ya!